Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of two college athletes. He has a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 311 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. The Athletic Scholarship Podcast is one of the many resources in Recruit Me that can help you in recruiting education and getting your athletic scholarship. The show notes has links to all the resources, or you can go to recruit-me.com. I'm introducing an all-new Recruit Me newsletter starting the first week of August in 2022. Go to the Recruit Me newsletter link in the show notes below to sign up for the monthly Recruit Me newsletter. Each month, you will get tips and advice about recruiting from the 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. You will get recruiting quotes from past Athletic Scholarship podcast episodes. You will get recruiting education from social media outlets and links to last month's The Athletic Scholarship podcast episodes and more. An example of the social media tidbits you will get is from Twitter and from at Coach Jen Steele. Jen is the head coach of softball at the University of Delaware. Quote, We can only be in so many places each weekend. We get hundreds of emails asking us to watch games. I promise that we do our best, but give us reasons to come and see you. Show us something great on film that makes us come to see you live or impress us at a camp. Social media posts like this will be a feature in every monthly Recruit Me newsletter. Join today. This episode, episode 311, is one of the reasons I am so passionate about working with student-athletes and about student-athletes working hard to get an opportunity to play a sport in college. The relationships you will make will impress your life forever. I have been reacquainted recently with a past teammate and friend from college. I was a manager for the then Southwest Missouri State Bears men's basketball team from 1985 to 1989. I actually got to play on the JV team and practice every day as a scrub guard too. My relationships with the coaches, the trainers, the administrators, the Hammond Center workers, the fans, and the players have been a blessing to me for over 30-plus years. One of my favorite players was from the Milwaukee area, and he came in as a junior college transfer. Not only was this 6'8 player a good player, but he was smart and polite and a hard worker in everything he did. He didn't get a lot of playing time, but like me, he knew he helped the team by filling his role and pushed the starters to help make them better every day. This player, Aaron Womack Jr., took his college and basketball lessons to become a successful teacher, school administrator, and coach. Aaron, or A-Train, has recently retired and along with being a husband and a father, is a motivational speaker, an entrepreneurial coach, and an author and a podcaster. Go to an ourearlyllc.com website to get more information on Aaron Womack Jr. and his Our Early podcast and his two books, Birthing a Dream and Faith Without Hustle is Dead. I got to be on the Our Early podcast, episode number 57, recently to talk recruiting. I invite you to check it out on your favorite podcast app or on Aaron's website, an ourearlyllc.com or on the link below in the show notes. Now, Aaron comes on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast to give us great insights on recruiting, entrepreneurial opportunities, and life in general. This episode, part one of the interview, is a little longer than the normal 15 minutes. 
but Aaron gave us so much great information, I didn't want to leave anything out. With that, let's go to part one of the interview with Aaron A-Train Womack Jr. Aaron, welcome to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. How you doing? How you doing, sir? So excited to be here uh, with you, sir. Of course, we met years ago uh, down in Southwest Missouri State, Missouri State now. Um, everything. So just excited about being on the podcast here. And I think we have two of the most iconic uh, nicknames out of uh, Southwest Missouri State, <laughs> A-Train and Manage. A-Train and Manage, you know. Yeah. How do we get managed to get those nicknames? You know, what's funny about mine is that uh, I, I was recruited late because I, first, personally, I just didn't work hard. I didn't understand about working hard uh, to get what I wanted and then start working hard late, not until about my senior year. So I'm at the University of Wisconsin Parkside going to school. The Offman Scholarship was Division II uh, school. Um, at the time in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And so I was redshirted, meaning I'm, um, I'm eligible to play, but uh, I didn't play, uh, sitting out, just coming all the practices. And as we're doing summer uh, workouts and everything, these big, stronger, older players, I, I couldn't get my shot off against them. And so I started shooting left hand, get all my shots at left hand. And somebody said, oh, man, you try to be like Artis Gilmore, who at the time was a center for the San Antonio Spurs, and they called him they train so people like think they, I got the nickname because I was this great player and this or that and unstoppable. No, it was because I couldn't be stopped and I had to do something to get the ball up. So Ernest Gilmore was a left-handed center, so they started calling me A-Train. So you made you made some adjustments, didn't you? It made some adjustments. And remember, that was a little guard. I, I, I don't know if we had graduated then. I think you might have a name. There's another uh, guard that came to Missouri State, Anna Bernard from New York, and his name was A-Train. I think yes. he was like 5'7", so he's like, I guess I had to change my nickname now, man. Just keep it. It's all right. There's room for two. <laughs> well, we, we had uh, big A train and little A train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Aaron, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you and your family and uh, what, what goes on up in uh, Milwaukee with you guys. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I'm married to uh, Tasha, a wonderful woman. She was in education as well. Um, she became the principal. Uh, first African-American female principal of a large uh, suburban district. Um, I was uh, in education myself. I just retired um, after 27 years of uh, teaching math and then administration. And um, we have a blended family, total of five kids, four girls, one boy, and uh, living in, in uh, Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, kind of suburb of, of, of Milwaukee. But um, as I retired the year before my wife stepped down from her principalship job as she started a trucking industry, uh, uh, box trucks. Um, she has two trucks now. She had a third sold one. And then so just pick up uh, locally or throughout the throughout the country, making some deliveries and everything. So just got that entrepreneur spirit. Um, and then also gave, gave me the entrepreneur spirit as a reason I did retire is that uh, uh, wrote some books and uh, do some motivational speaking and so step into the entrepreneur ring. But yeah, the, the oldest child, 25, she's uh, graduated from Marquette University, lives in Houston now. Um, the second oldest just graduated from Howard University. Uh, she's going to be working in New York, but she's doing an intern in Calif inter internship in California. She's going to be working with L'Oreal on the computer side. And then I have a soon-to-be junior in high school uh, who's got her temp, so clear the road, look out now. And then uh, um, as soon as be sophomore, uh, he plays sports, he plays basketball. In fact, he just got his first offer today uh, from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And then I have a 12-year-old headed to the, to the seventh grade. And just this past weekend, I saw the coaching staff of Missouri State there in Atlanta. 
Oh, awesome. uh, it was a big live event, so I spoke with them. And I miss, I miss, uh, I miss Coach Ford. Uh, he was supposed to come in that that weekend, and I, I miss seeing him. Uh, but uh, I told him, hey, told him about my son. Hey, come take a look. There's a couple other schools looking at him about to offer. So, but I did miss Coach Ford. So, yeah, but it was still, it's still, a, still exciting time. So, I, I knew, I knew you liked baseball, and since you were such a, uh, uh, so helpful. Uh, not just to me uh, as a player at Missouri State, and, and and but personally as well. I said, well, I'm going to try hard to get nine kids with uh, us total with your two in mind, see if we can get a baseball team together. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, so I, I did as much as I could. You know, I stopped at five, so we didn't quite get that. Uh, didn't quite get the whole infield, but we at least got a we at least got a bullpen. Well, I can I can I can scrounge up a couple kids if we need to get get nine. So. <laughs> Well, and and uh, we will get into some of your business stuff here a little bit later, but uh, we did get an opportunity, or I got an opportunity to be on your uh, podcast, and our yes, early uh, podcast, it was episode 57, so I did, I'll have a link yes, in indeed. my show notes that uh, to send uh, people to uh, your podcast, and you've been podcasting for about how long now, Aaron? It's been over a year. This is uh, episode, uh, coming from episode 60, uh, recording, so it's, it's, been, uh, it's been over a year, it's just a uh, one of my mentors, you know, he said, well, you know, you got to get basically get visible a little bit. And, you know, what about a podcast? And I kind of looked at him funny, like, I don't do podcasts. I've never heard of a podcast, but uh, um, we just did it on a whim. And then, of course, I did some research and listened to other podcasts, but just kind of picked up on a whim. And, um, yeah, it's worked out. So it's been been, been over a year, um, new episodes each week. It's, uh, as you know, it's a, it can be tiring trying to come up with show topics and whether you have guests and anything, but it's a motivational podcast. and. We have entrepreneurs that come on and just give tips about either starting a business and how to push yourself to the next level. But you don't have to be a business owner. Um, you just, you know, reselling yourself and just uh, whether you want to go back to school and kind of give you that kind of kind of motivation and everything. So, yeah, you came on and dropped some great nuggets. It was very helpful. As, my, as I said, my son just received his uh, first offer. And some of the things you're saying, I was able to relate and tell him and then uh, and, and, and introduce him to your podcast about the recruiting business and and, and everything's going on because it has changed since we were young. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was very helpful to not just myself and my son, but other listeners as well. It's It's been just a year or two since you got, got recruited. So recruiting's probably changed <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I don't think we talk VHS tapes anymore. But uh, VHS and bait. I was a beta man. <laughs> <laughs> so what were what were some of the uh, key points that you remember when you when you went through your recruiting process? You know, well, oh, it's ooh. Well, first of all, I'm gonna tell you, you don't want my recruiting, um, because again, as I stated, uh, high school I didn't work hard. Uh, you know, I played JV as a junior. Um, was it to my senior year that I decided to you know put the work in? So I was like maybe an eighth or ninth man of my 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 senior year, and just moved up, and uh, because of some injuries, moved up, ended up being a starter the last couple of games and into the playoffs. And uh, there was a coach from University of Wisconsin Parkside. Shout out to Dave Markinson from way back in 1985, who came to see another player play, um, but saw, I guess, my potential, and um, they recruited me, and then um, I was, like I said, I redshirted my freshman year, um, but um, the following year, they were, it was a commuter school, they didn't have dorms, uh, so I had to stay about maybe 40 miles away, and the following year, they were putting up dorms, I, I didn't get a dorm assignment, talked to the coach, and then he said, well, we're going to wait and see how you do. And I was like, no, I want my dorms paid for. Otherwise, I ain't coming back. And uh, so that summer after my freshman year, just really busted my tail and worked hard. And and uh, coming into my sophomore year, coach didn't pay for dorms. So I basically dropped out of school because he wouldn't pay for my dorms. And 
I was about to tell my parents, I'm, look, I'm out of school, but I got a call from a friend who went to a JUCO in Montana, and he told his coach about me, and his coach called me right before I was going to tell my parents I'm basically dropped out of school, and uh, he offered me a scholarship sight unseen. And so instead of saying I'm dropping out of school, I'm t- I told my parents I'm taking my talents to the great state of Montana. Um, so I'm at uh, a junior college in Dawson Community. It's called Dawson Community College in Glendive, Montana. I have uh, two years of eligibility um, because I registered it, but I'm a sophomore academically. And then that's where the recruiting process really kind of picked up. Um, but I had letters from schools who I didn't see because the junior college coach didn't want me to leave after one year. But it was kind of interesting that um, I wanted to leave. And um, so St. Mary's, which is an NAIA school in San Antonio, um, I took a visit, liked it there, and basically verbally committed there. And then here's the story. University of San Antonio at Texas, uh, they play St. Mary's. And um, apparently they saw that I signed or committed to NAIA to St. Mary's. Someone from their coach staff got to talk to John Hammonds, who was assistant coach at Missouri State, the sophomore Missouri State, ended up being uh, assistant coach in the NBA with the Clippers and moved on to be a GM. He called and said, hey, you know, um, you're really supposed to be back at JUCO. I said, well, I can leave because I registered this and no one knew. And uh, it turned out that there's some letters that I had that the coach was holding back. So he started recruiting me and some other Division One schools started recruiting me um, that summer after I got home. So I took some quick visits to South Alabama, Rice, uh, DePaul, of course, Missouri State. And it just so happened Doug Lewis, who was from is from Milwaukee, uh, signed with Missouri State. So I never knew him. We met. And then I said, well, since, you know, this Milwaukee guy's here in Hammond, uh, it, it, it's uh, uh, really doing a great job. I decided to sign with Missouri State. So, but back then it was just all letters, uh, hand-to-hand contact, so to speak, uh, visits. You know, doing periods they could visit, and he came to see me in summer league play uh, and playing and and everything. So it was a little different now than the 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 internet and sending out videotapes and highlight films and everything. Well, and, and you brought up, you know, something about in high school, you really didn't develop uh, both physically and mentally uh, yes, about basketball until probably you got into your, your senior year. And, yes. and, and, and we talk, uh, we talk a lot about that in recruit me, my, my son that's going to play baseball at in high school, got one varsity at bat his, his junior year. And, wow. Wow. and so, but we still went through and, and, and worked the system and because right. of his skills, uh, he, he, he ended up getting an offer. So, uh, the division one guys, the, the, the four and five star division one guys, they, they don't really need me, uh, in, in recruit me, you know, uh, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's us guys that are kind of, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of us running around. We got to figure out a way to get, uh, use our contacts and, yeah. and get some visibility. So your story actually fits recruit me very, very well. And yeah, uh, I, need, so, I, I need to recruit me back then. I need to recruit me. Well, then. But let I, me, let me, let me, let me disagree with you a little bit though. I think the Division One players who get on offer still could use your service because uh, Division One players they still have a, a like a a, a go to, a school that they like to go to. Yes, and maybe they're getting Division One offers and maybe they're not getting uh, offers from that particular school. Like my son, I said, you got to dream big. He wants to go to Kentucky. Okay, dream big. Um, now he's getting he got an offer from a mid major. So now I know that I can okay send letters and put your name and put his name out and make contact to those other schools that he wish. And even if they, you know, maybe say a Kentucky or Carolina doesn't contact, but or 
I then I can say, well, this is what they're looking for. Or if other schools are do reach out to them, I can say, well, look at their lineup, the information you gave me. Look at look and see who's returning. Look who see who's come out with the transfer photo and things like that. So I think still even a Division One, uh, high Division One is giving people I can still use their service, uh, uh, if not more than just how to narrow schools down and what to look for in some of their visits. Yep, exactly. You know, Parker uh, actually sent letters to Arkansas and and uh, some of the, you know, Oklahoma State, and he did actually visit Arkansas a couple of times. Yeah. And after we did research, he figured out that he probably wasn't going to get to play there. It had been nice to yeah. have been on the team, but yeah. uh, he ended up going to, I would consider Northwestern a mid, mid-major, mid even though they're in the Big Ten, and uh, yeah. ended up having a good career. So good luck to your son, and we will, we will continue talking uh, to you about him because he's, he's put himself into a, a good situation. So... Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I and I said and I use that when you said be honest with him. I said be honest. With him. I said right now your your work ethic is not is not a Kentucky type. You got you got you got to you got to really push it in. And so when he did get the offer today, he he went to the gym and kind of worked a little harder. So, but yeah. So I think anybody can use yes. your service, and, and and most definitely. Did you uh, coach a little bit at at the Division three level? Yes, I did. I started coaching high school. I volunteered. Uh, well, I actually started at Missouri State. Let me take it back. There was a, a, some girls that we were friends with, and they had intramurals. Yep. And so one of the girls asked me to come coach them. I'm like, well, I'm not coaching. Well, you know, what are you talking about? <laughs> intramurals, whatever. And I caught the bug because I coached them. We did some plays. Uh, of course, we tried to run some spoon-out type defense and everything. And uh, they ended up taking second place. But uh, they thanked me, and I really got caught into it. So when I came home from school, uh, I looked into coaching. Then I ended up having a chance to go overseas for a little bit. But I, I looked into coaching and um, just caught the book, volunteered uh, on my old high school, and then got an opportunity to coach high school. I was coaching high school for like 16, 18 years. Um, one of the uh, recruiters from Concordia University looked, was looking at one of my players. And then so we just got to talking, and then uh, he had a spot open. I looked into it and, uh, yeah, said, so let me just uh, throw, jump in the water and see what it looks like. So, yeah, I coached for, uh, about four years at Division Three Concordia University uh, in, a, in Milwaukee here called in Mequon. And, uh, yeah, that's that's a, that's a whole different ball of wax, you know, where, where John Hammond can go recruiting. And then nowadays you can jump, jump on a private plane. You know, I had to jump in a private car to go around <laughs> <laughs> some two, three hundred miles some places. Because, you know, and then that's a real, really a lot of players send you tapes and things like that because um, uh, not being high profile, you're not necessarily on a newsletter, but you try to find your diamonds in the rough and things like that. But you know what? I had so much fun in those in, in that Division three just because, you know, just pure basketball. Uh, no, it's, 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 it's all guts, no glory. Even going to games, you got to drive a van, you get back at 1130 at night, and then depending on the game. You're going into that war room and looking at the film that night, and some nights you're not getting home at two o'clock in the morning. But it was it was it was a lot of fun though. It was a lot of fun. But I, if you're gonna do that, you better do it while you're young. <laughs> Before well, the kids come. <laughs> tell uh, tell us a little bit what uh, somebody might expect uh, if they went to a Division three basketball or baseball or you know a, a Division three school. What are some advantages of a Division three? Well, first of all, let me let me tell you. Anytime you make the jump from a high school to college, I don't care what level it is. It can be Division II, NAIA. Uh, it is a jump. It is a jump. You have players that are stronger, quicker, taller, faster. Uh, so you do have to work. You can't say, well, it's not Division I. I just, no, no, no. It's, it's players who are committed. And even at the Division three, they don't necessarily have a flight scholarship. I tell people, 
every school in the country offers scholarship. It just not be athletic, you know, but they'll work some out, you know, if you put the work in. But um, you still have players who have aspirations to go pro in whatever sport. And therefore, they have a mindset, maturity mindset. I'm going to work towards that. So if you don't come ready, I don't care what level, you, you're going to get your clock clean. You got to come ready to work. Uh, Division three, uh, get uh, no athletic scholarships. So they have to do some things, you know, try to, you know, financial aid, things like that. But let me tell you, the amount of work you put in in a Missouri State Division One, it's the same amount of work you put in a Division Three. So there's preseason, um, there's uh, there's conditioning. Uh, you just don't necessarily have somebody walking around the class, and, you know, like academic advice and things like that. But you 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 still have to put that work in. There's weight training. Uh, you might be able to play a different sport a little bit more in Division Three or Division Two than you can in a Division One, but. Uh, there's looking at a film. There's, uh, you know, individual workouts. There's meeting with the coaches. There's, you know, make sure you're going to see the trainer. Uh, so you still, uh, it, it's still, you have to still look at it as a job that I'm putting in this work because there's still some aspirations where some kids go from a division three up to division two, up to division one. So you come in ready to work and then the coaches are outstanding. I mean, some of them, the, the, uh, some of the minds of the different plays, different sets that they run. I mean, some coaches you have, you know, uh, one play, but 23 variations of that play. So you had to come ready to, you had to come with a mindset. If you, if you can't think your way out of a wet paper bag, then you might, I don't know what you're going to do. But so, yeah, but it's a lot of coaches in there who really put the work in because they have aspirations of getting, going up to Division two, Division one level. So they're going to put that work in uh, more so than somebody that's already there. So uh, I think you have a lot more of uh, coaches putting uh, highlight tapes together. So they're going to push you because, and there's nothing wrong with that because they, it's nothing wrong with having aspirations. So, but you better come ready to work. And, and it's an opportunity to play. And, and especially with the, the changing environment of the transfer portals, yes. graduate school, unfortunately COVID yeah. here over the last couple of years, there's a lot of movement. And uh, one of, one of the uh, main pitchers for Parker's team this year came from a, a division three school and he had yeah. a heck of a year here, uh, you know, for Northwestern. Exactly. So you can move around an opportunity to play for, uh, you know, four or five years at any level. Yes. Uh, I did learn whenever I went to uh, SMS that you, I couldn't throw a guard to guard pass anymore. The, the ball ended up <laughs> in the, in the hoop real fast at the other, other end. So, uh, uh, the speed of the game uh, uh, yeah. was, was a big, and then the strength, and you know, you're what, what are you six eight, six nine, six ten? Yep, yep, six eight. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm six foot, and you could flick your finger, and I go across the court. You know, I had to learn to leverage myself uh, in, in practice there. So, so it, you know, you you do learn a lot. Uh, well, right. another question about recruiting, and then we'll kind of talk about your business here a little bit. You're going through the recruiting process, just starting with your son. What are some yeah. what are some pieces of advice that you you would want to tell some recruiting families as as you're going through it and as you've been uh, uh, you know part of your career and part of your history in basketball? What have you learned that maybe you can uh, help other people? Yeah, well, first of all, whatever situation, anytime you play, don't take it lightly. Don't don't take a don't take a team that uh, maybe is not as good as, as as you think they should be and say I can take it off. You know, take off on this day. No, take every situation that you play, uh, practice, whatever. Um, second thing is uh, uh, let your coach know your aspiration. If you're in high school, let them know uh, what you what you plan to do. Even if it doesn't look like that you're supposed to get there, let them know because um, um, in my son's high school, Steve Showalter, who has kids that went through the, the recruiting process, his son Zach played at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, uh, uh, and uh, they made the Final Four twice. They end up – they beat Kentucky – 
uh, when Kentucky was undefeated, but then ended up losing Duke in, in the championship game. But and I say let that coach know because uh, but Coach Showalk does a wonderful job is that when we have open gym, uh, when we have practice, he invites coaches to come to 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 the to the open gyms and to the practices, and he allows them to see practice so they can see other aspects and just see games. And so uh, even even with with uh, you know AAU, but then the other thing is that do something out of your comfort zone or norm. In fact, the coach that uh, just offered my son, he, one of the things he said is that my son built mainly as a shooter, um, but he said, I like that you went in and tried to mix it up and get rebounds. I like that you dived on the floor. He didn't say anything about the shooting that came a little later, but those aspects. Um, and then uh, uh, just overall, uh, don't be afraid, as, as we said before, to reach out to other coaches because what coaches going to do is that they're going to give you the insight. And so I was talking to coach at Wright State. He said, well, I'd like to see your son be able to handle the ball a little more, um, you know, the point guard. So went back, say, hey, let's handle the ball more. So that means you're going to work on some ball handling things. So, again, just overall, let don't be afraid to let your, your, your high school coach know what your dreams and expectations are um, because then he's going to try to work with you get there. And then he's going to invite coaches. And so if they really understand the recruitment process, I invite coaches to their practices, open gyms, do the things that's outside your comfort zone. If you're a point guard, uh, make sure that you go lock down the other team's best player and pick up full court. Uh, if you're not a rebounder, go in and get you some rebounds because that's what coaches are looking for, those other things that, that, that you can do. And then, again, just put a, put a tape together. Uh, of course, I like the, the important things, but then on the other end, don't be afraid to reach out to People who have watched us, I talk to the high school coaches that uh, that play against us and, and say, okay, if you, well, you are coaching against my son, can you just give me a scouting report of uh, his deficiencies? You know, you don't have to give me secrets of how you're going to try to stop us, but what some of his deficiencies and things like that. And those are the good, honest opinions. And then you just take it back to your son and say, okay, now what are we going to do with these? How are we going to attack it? How are we going to work on it? And then the last thing, if there's something you don't know, reach out, reach out, reach out. Ask another person who's been involved. Ask another uh, uh, coach. And I'm going to say this, particularly female coaches, because female coaches, they're really down with the fundamentals and just reach out to them to see, hey, what can I do fundamentally? And then and above all else, then they reach out to a Brett Hanks and say, hey, man, uh, you know, uh, what can I do to help my son and, or, or, or daughter in, in the recruiting process? Well, I appreciate that. And that's all great advice. And let's let's jump over to uh what you, what you're doing now Aaron uh, you've got the, I mentioned the uh an hour early uh podcast earlier and you've got it's an safe. hour early LLC so what all's involved in your uh your entre- entrepreneurial business well you know just uh, like I said been in education over 27 years uh I found that uh with and I'm t- taught in a public school Milwaukee public schools and I taught that no matter how much math I'm supposed to teach how much math I know that it doesn't matter if the kids are not motivated. And so I find myself doing motivational things first before I can teach them about algorithms and, and equations and things like that. And then started just tell my story about how I really didn't learn to work hard until later on in life. And then once I found that, it just kind of pushed myself. Even after being recruited, coming to Missouri State, I, I thought I was it. Hey, I'm at the mountaintop. I'm good. Uh, you know, but I, I need to work even more because then I ran into a Kelby Stuckey and a Hubert Henderson and a Lee Campbell and a Caleb Davis. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Wow. So it just turned into me motivate my students. And then I was invited to come give some speeches to different places. And then I it kind of fell in love with motivating people and especially on the on the student end. So it turned into me just going to different churches and, 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 and giving speeches and, and, and everything. So I said, well, 
I would like to expand on this. So just explored it, start writing some books and, and everything. And then the podcast came about as another way to get the voice out, um, to get into the entrepreneur uh, mindset from, from a standpoint of, I want to motivate kids because there's some kids who are not doing so well. Uh, the report card, education report card in Milwaukee Public Schools uh, is not where it should be. And, I, and for me, uh, everyone is trying to attack the curriculum side of it and, and teach and teach teachers how to teach better. But my thing is that when I speak, they're not motivated. They don't have the big dreams. They don't have the things that want to push them because they don't see the forest for the trees. You can't tell a kid, yeah, get out and go run five miles at 6 a.m. when they're sixth, seventh, eighth grade because they don't see on down the road. Or you can't say, hey, go to this math camp. So I had to do some things motivational-wise and teach them how to write a plan and come up with a, uh, a things that you need to do daily. So that's how I kind of turned in. There was a need for it. And so uh, just like with your, with, your, with, your, your, with your company and podcast, there's a need for it. And so when you when you get into the service mindset, it leads you to do certain things. So that's where I am. Uh, I, 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 I teach educators how to motivate kids and do not teach kids uh, about dreaming big, writing a plan. A lot of times you say to a kid, what are your dreams? Uh, I want to go to the NFL. I say, well, what are your plans? They said, go to the NFL. I said, well, those two different things. The so plan is what you do step by step daily to get to having your dreams fulfilled. So uh, we write lesson plans for kids so that when a kid's not doing what they're supposed to do, I say, pull out your lesson book. Now, did you plan to skip class today? Did you plan to not get your homework done? Let's go according to your plan. So that's how I got kind of involved in that. Wow. Hearing from Aaron, we covered many, many subjects. It's great to hear from a father, a family man, an educator, a coach, a business person, a college basketball player, a teammate, and a friend. I can't wait for you to hear part two of this interview with Aaron Womack Jr., or as I know him, A-Train. Listen in next week. These two episodes, episodes 311 and 312, are definitely ones you need to re-listen to in the future. You will need to take notes and digest all the, as Aaron calls them, nuggets, in this week's and next week's episodes. Listen to both the Athletic Scholarship Podcast and an hour early podcast on your favorite podcast app, or go to anhourearlyllc.com and recruit-me.com websites. Get both of Aaron's books, Birthing a Dream and Faith Without Hustle is Dead. You can get these books on his website or on Amazon too. Join me next Tuesday for part two of an interview with Aaron Womack Jr. Also, this is a great time to sign up for the all-new Recruit Me monthly newsletter. Click on the link in the show notes. The first edition comes out the first week of August 2022. The Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System is the best way to get all that you need to get an athletic scholarship. Take advantage of your next school year by getting the Recruit Me 3.0 system now. Thank you for listening and share this week's episode or comment on this episode on your favorite podcast app or at Brent, B-R-E-N-T, at recruit-me.com. 